Love Talk Radio. show 
and just watch this kid because he is just wow. I mean, Jay. I mean, on the in the past, we've had many just very talented musicians that we've profiled. What is it that makes a kid? I mean, like, how do kids become prodigies? I wish I really knew, but I'm thinking that somehow it runs in the family. A lot of these kids, and then sometimes it doesn't. You know, sometimes they just come out, you know, and just be prodigies. But a lot of times their father or their grandfather is talented, um, a bloodline, um, or they're just born that way. <laughs> so it's amazing right. that kid um, plays so good. You know, it makes me, I kind of want to quit playing. You know, when I see these kids be so talented, it's like, why did I start? You know, these kids are so talented. What do you need me for? You know, but I'll stop well, hanging around. Well, what it's about. <laughs> wow, you know I mean? he was bored. He was, wow, well, he 11 years old. He's the youngest artist sponsored by Gibson Guitars, as I can see here on um, Wikipedia. He was born in Buenos Aires, Argentina, on May 14th, 2000. Well, 2000. One, good thing, one good thing, he's a Taurus, and so am I, so we're both Tauruses. So maybe maybe all Tauruses are prodigies. Maybe that's the, the answer. <laughs> prodigy. A guitar-playing prodigy, not so much about, like, prodigy, the the internet service for the Prodigy, the um, electronic band from the 90s. There's a lot oh. of different kinds of Prodigies. Wow, I remember them. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so, it's I mean, true. like I'm saying, um, I've, I've seen a lot of talented kids. This is one. This has to be in the top ten, this little guy. So, um, <laughs> you guys check him out on our Facebook and yeah. uh I'm going to look at him some more because I'm just, like, amazed. You know, I'm like, wow. Me, me too. Like, one thing which I know that I like about different music that I listen to is there's just so many different styles of it. And even, like, one, I mean, it's like, for example, I mean, Carlos Santana is one kind of guitar player, and Eric Clapton is another. And you can just go down the line with different people that someone owns themselves, like you see these blues guitarists, you see these rock guitarists. We're only talking about guitars, and that's just other instruments. And it's just amazing, just like really, like the video watching, the kid, he has long hair, he's got his shirt off, and he's just he's just playing that thing like he was born to do that. Like, mm-hmm. like I wonder like what other kind of passions kid has when they're 11 years old, like, the thing about these kids is that's amazing, and they get, they get, have such a huge audience at such a young age that I always wonder about, like, what about the rest of their life, like, like, what is it, like, like, do their friends see them as just another kid like anyone else, or do they see them as this famous guitar player, like, that, those are the things that always fascinate me, like, I'm, like, Jay, like, I remember, like, when I was a kid and I'd watch TV shows and you'd see, like, sitcoms where you'd have kids and you have child stars. I was like, how come I'm not a child star? And then you hear stories about, like, Gary Coleman and the issues he had as an adult and with his parents. And 
it's just weird just thinking, like, I'm glad I'm where I am right now. And it's like you wanted that as a kid. Like, right. Like, Jay, like, did you ever have any experiences? Like, did you know any child stars? Actually, yeah, you told me. Wow, I just heard just a very loud noise. It's like I don't think you've shared with us, like, you've known some child stars when you were a kid yourself. Yeah, I, I grew up over on your side of the uh, world, and I grew up with John Coltrane's kids when I was a kid. Wow. So I, I got to hang out with them, and um, they became John Coltrane's kids. They kind of they were talented, and uh, their father was talented. They they became very successful in their music endeavors. Um, also, some of my friends I grew up with, uh, they were Charles Stars. Some of my friends... Um, I grew up, one of them was named Bonnie Boyer. She ended up uh, being the music director for Sheila E. and ended up eventually joining Prince's group and became a child star from when I saw her as a kid, watching her learn, and then she ended up playing and being in some movies with Prince. Uh, A lot of my friends, some of my friends played with Earth, Wind, and Fire. They were kids. I told one of of them that... um, one day, one of us would play with the famous band Earth, Wind, and Fire back when we were in high school. Ironically, 20 years later, this guy ended up playing with Earth, Wind, and Fire. So, you know, just it's just amazing how how it, it happens, you know. Um, uh, one of my friends has a daughter. Her name is Gabby Wilson. Gabby Wilson is a child star right now, and I expect her to be a, a star. She's a prodigy. She started playing at six playing the piano. She's with on America's Most Talented Kids. Um, she's been on Oprah Winfrey. She's been on the Today Show. Um, it's amazing how these kids just are so gifted, you know. And she she plays everything. She plays guitar. She plays bass. She plays violin and flute and all these different instruments. And then she's a wonderful little girl. So I grew up around a lot of child stars. And um, one thing they do do, they keep... Everything focused and they practice, they rehearse, and they're very focused on what they're doing. Opposed to some kids, you know, most kids want to play video games and, you know, you know, surf the web all the time, don't really practice that much. These prodigies, they're about business. They work hard. And then the parent doesn't have to, uh, the parent doesn't have to force them to practice, you know. They just do it because they're gifted and they want to, which is, you can't make a kid do anything, you know. If a kid wants to do it, they'll do it on their own. And that's what's important. Like, the thing that just amazes me is just the structure and just, I hear all these stories about, like, I read about school and just about making sure that as a kid you're just not working and you're just not there to work, but you're just, still, like, learning and exploring and just trying to still figure out who you are as a kid. And it's like, is that something you see, like, with with kids, whether it's like they're going to regular schools or they have they have private tutors, or making sure that besides being famous and besides, like, working at a young age, that these kids still get to have a childhood? Yeah, it's, it's important that... That's that's back to saying again what I was saying earlier. Do not force your kid to be something because of you living your life through your child. That's the wrong thing to do. You know they they gotta have a childhood. They gotta have fun. I mean, 
you end up with a Michael Jackson. Not saying that's a bad thing, but a kid should be a kid. And if they want to pick up an instrument or, or whatever, math or whatever sports or whatever they're doing to be a project, let them let them do that. Let them do that on their own. You know, that's uh, it's very important. It's so important to all the parents out there. Let your kid be a kid because you're only going to be a kid once. <laughs> you're not going to get two chances. So you know, and most of you know, what's terrible when you force your kid to do things like that. They grow up resentful. And that's what you don't want. Well, my mom, man, that was her dream, and I'm they they, they turn into a rebel. So, you know, you kind of let natural things take its take its place, and um, that's that's basically how you have to do. You got to you got to you have to let it take a natural course. Um, I try to do with my daughter. I don't make her do anything. You know, if she wants to pick the guitar up, then fine. If she wants to be on the computer. Then fine. If she wants to go outside and play, fine. They find their niche, you know. Um, speaking of education, Ian, uh, I want yes. to share some. I want to share some. I found this wonderful, wonderful segue, site. Jay. Perfect segue, Jay. <laughs> this wonderful site. It's called uh, San Francisco Symphony Kids, and I'm hoping that uh, Ian, you might have put that on our Facebook also. Um, so one well, I can do that right now. That's the magic of having an internet show on the internet. Excellent. So, so let me make sure I get this website correct before I put it up. <laughs> well, I can talk. I can talk to the um, audience about it. Um, it's an educational site. It. <laughs> it's a community. Uh, Educational site uh, in conjunction with you know San Francisco's live performers, and it's a great way for kids of all ages or people to hear, learn, and have fun with music. You know, um, I think it's great. Um, you guys could go and find out how to set up a symphony, what the instruments are, uh, how to read music. They have a music lab, very educational, and I think everybody will love it, and uh, especially kids. So you guys make sure you check that out, San Francisco Symphony Kids. Um, I can see the San Francisco Symphony Kids dot org. I can see that. San Francisco Symphony Kids. Because I can say that one thing. I can say that my childhood is obviously everyone has their own different childhood, but I grew up in a in a town, which we've shared a bunch of times, we've had a few guests who have shared these stories where the focus of our town, one of the biggest things in our town was our high school marching band. Uh-huh. However, since everything is, was so focused on marching band and then you had concert band in the off-season, the thing that really didn't exist was orchestra. Like, there were no strings. There were no violins. There were no basses. There were even guitars, and it was just it was just a different thing. That I think that it is. I you can't say it's essential, but I can say it's probably something that is probably would be a very added bonus if <clears throat> there were there were more opportunities for kids to have access to the orchestra besides just the band, mm-hmm. like, and. And I think that what you're mentioning about, like, 
this interactive site, like in San Francisco, even if you don't live out in the Bay Area, can give you that. I mean, obviously nothing is going to replicate the actual an actual live performance and the playing of the instruments, and even like going into a record store. But that is that that website definitely looks good. I suggest for everybody to suggest that. And yeah. and Jay, I know like so Jay, do you have any experience at all like on an orchestra side of music? Well, yeah. When I was in high school, we had an uh, orchestra band, and what I did, I had to study, uh, which was great. We studied the uh, college curriculum there out of a book, uh, Harmony. Uh, it was written by a guy, I believe his name is Walter Piston, Book of Harmony. And we actually had to set up like an orchestra. Um, we had flutes and violins and brass and French horn stuff and we didn't have a harpist, but we kind of had to, you know, make a makeshift orchestra. So I was lucky enough to have a teacher. His name was uh, Ulysses. Uh, his name was, what was his name? Mr. Ulysses Grant, I think. He had a funny name. Wow, like, and, pres- like the president? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's his name. I could be a little off, but I know his first name was Ulysses. And we used to make fun of him, you know, but he was really, really strict. And I used to always get in trouble because, um, you know, I, I I wanted to always take the quick way, you know. I, you know, So what he did is he taught me theory and composition. And he showed all the kids, and uh, actually all the kids, how to write many symphonies and how to uh, know music theory. And that really, you know what, that guy really, really helped me. Um, I don't know where he is now, but I'd like to say thank you. Um, because uh, he, he kind of looked like Grover, Grover from the Muppets a little bit. He had those thick eyebrows. That's very smart. <laughs> Is it Grover? No, it's, it must be. I'm sorry. It's Oscar. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he helped me. And actually, that drummer from Earth, Wind & Fire, we were in the class together, and so was Bonnie. And we all was in this class, and he was a blessing. My music teacher was a blessing. And I should, you know, I used to think, well, why am I, why am I in here? What do I need to learn this stuff for? Man, just let me go out and play. I don't need to learn how to read music. This is stupid. But now I wish I would have, you know, stayed in there a little bit more. He was absolutely right. And those things that those building blocks that gave me helped me out. And I really appreciate him. We had him and another guy named Mr. Preston who was in charge of the choir. And um, he was in charge of the seniors. And so I would also we I would go between classes, uh, Mr. Preston and Mr. Mr. Lucy Grant, and um, I hope that is his name. But he was a great teacher I had, and uh, we learned a lot about symphony and the instruments, the woodwinds and the violins and the violas and all the great instruments of the orchestra. Mm-hmm. Wow! <clears throat> wow! I'll say it again. Wow! Yeah, so that that's basically, uh, that's basically what what I did in, in in high school is just music, 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 and doing exactly the same thing today. <laughs> so and now it's like, now how do you like bring like those lessons you had as a kid, and just like the musicianship and just the just the patience and the practice into what you do and 
adding the technology to it? Like, what is, like, the relationship between the traditional, like, we'll call it analog instruments with the digital world? Well, it's a strange how I got into the technology. I was always, when I was a kid, I loved when when Apollo landed on the moon. I was very intrigued about that, you know. I was always interested in, I wanted to be an astronaut. So I always wished I was an astronaut, but I was a musician. So I always should tell people when I was going to school for music, they would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? I would say, I want to be an astronaut. I would tell my mom, I want to be an astronaut. So eventually, the astronomical <laughs> direction <laughs> of trying to be an astronaut mixed with my music. And that the I think the point in between that would be computer technology. Because, you know, as I know, there's computers used to uh, get the Apollo to the moon. So what I did is I just started working on computers and messing around with a couple of new computers back in the day. I had a VIC-20. And I was messing around with the VIC. You guys might be, be familiar with the VIC-20, Commodore VIC-20. I started messing I with that. I remember that. <laughs> and then we had a Coco, which is from a company called Tandy, which is really Radio Shack. So I just started messing with these computers, and I started learning little Pascal uh, um, language to try to make my little programs. And VIC-20, Commodore, CBM, they had their line programming where you learn, you write lines, and you make, you know, you can make a hangman or you can make things by typing in certain uh, hexadecimal, whatever type of figures, and you can make little programs. So I started to do that. And then eventually, they used to came out with a program where you could make music on the VIC-20 by using the keyboard. And uh, I just waited and waited and waited, and eventually I started beta testing for a company called Sequential Circuits, which they came out with a little keyboard called called the Prophet 600 in 1983, I believe. This technology called MIDI, M-I-D-I, MIDI technology came out. And I was probably one of the first people to experiment with this stuff because the company was located in San Jose, California. And that company, there was a guy. So it's a guy. See, did Jay drop out of the call? That's a great question. Let us see. Here on Parents Kids Music today. Or I can see Jay's got his little technical difficulties. So we will wait for Jay to return. I can say that there is just this just really just powerful just the history of music just from the fact that you originally started out without even any instruments and along the way people were able to actually create these pieces that allowed other people to just make music. Going to musical instruments, I mean it's an instrument um, like on the literal sense, just like a pair of scissors is an instrument to cut hair or cut pieces of paper, and a clarinet is an instrument of just creating a certain amount of air and just being able to press on that wooden reed to just create a certain sound. 
where on a piano just you press a key, which is a string. Going from analog to digital is just a life-changing thing. I mean, look at us right now. Look at our results right now here on Parents Kids Music. The show is coming to you live on the Internet. We are. Call- I am calling a phone number with my iPhone, and as a result of that, I am on a show, and you can listen to me right now live as long as you're on blogtalkradio.com, or later on you'll be able to download it. And it is just a very powerful thing. Let us see if Mr. J. Logan will be returning to us as he may have hit a phone, a zone, a cell phone zone. So while we're here, while we're waiting for Jay to return, we can allow ourselves to just talk about the great developments. And I'll be proud to say that last week I finally got my invite to Spotify. And it really is what everyone in England's been saying, right? Not England, or in Europe's been saying about it changing the world. And ladies and gentlemen, here he is once again. Jay, welcome back. I'm back, yes. The call dropped for a minute, but I'm back. <laughs> um, excellent. Yeah, so as you were talking about your amazing experiences and the and the, the languages and the codes and things like question is, it's like, how does all that groundwork that you did today lead to just this explosion we've had in the making and distribution of music today, like through iTunes, or even as I was just mentioning before you got on Spotify? Well, basically what happened was all those things in, in, in the implementation of MIDI, all these instruments were hooked to one central CPU. That took a lot of electricity, and it cost a lot of money. So you would have like 20, you could only, well, you have like 16, up to 16 keyboards and drum machines, 16 instruments hooked to one computer. Well, to keep those things on all day took a lot of money. So what these programmers did, they were able to take that and make those instruments into virtual instruments. So now, all these instruments now live inside of the computer instead of outside of the computer. So now, producers like myself are able to do everything within their computer, but is never having to have a 16 keyboards or drum machines outside the computer. They also are able to mix down their songs, actually their creations, to a WAV file. So the WAV files, the software developers figured that the WAV files were too big to manipulate. So they needed to come up with a, a mechanism or somehow come up with some type of filter where they could break down a WAV file. What they broke down a WAV file to is an MP3, which didn't have all the attributes of a WAV file. The quality wasn't there. And a lot of the, I guess, the people that love WAV files were getting upset because these MP3s 
They weren't as clear as WAV files. But you could send these WAV files across the Internet, and it was easy because it didn't take a long time. And uh, basically, the WAV file stopped becoming the standard. The MP3, the less quality audio, became the standard. And both MP3s are what we have in our iPhones and iPods and iPads today. So it just all developed to a point where it all, yeah. I guess... I guess that the I guess probably the success of the MP3 was probably because of like the low um, the low file sizes, especially as especially I mean there was a point when it, when the internet was a lot slower than it is today. I remember right. taking taking hours to download pictures. I remember like to upload. Like to download like an update to AOL, I'd have to keep my modem on overnight and then wake up the next morning and have it there like if it was like right under a Christmas tree, even though I'm Jewish. <laughs> I remember that. Yes, it did take a, quite a while. And uh, well, maybe maybe Ian will come up with uh, MP3 2.0, you know, where the quality comes back and. Uh, but most of the kids don't care. Like I like <laughs> I know there are lossless formats like FLAC, for example, and you have SHNs. But I think that there's a I think they're like catered to like a there's like a certain audience that just won't accept anything except for the highest quality. And then there's some people that are just there's something about like quantity compared to quality. Like the idea that you can easily just buy an album on iTunes for $10 and download it, and, like, in a few minutes later, you have the entire album there. You do not have to leave your house. You do not have to actually interact with anyone, even though there's good qualities to that. But the fact is that they have it now, something which, if you had, like, the high, those super high-quality files, you're, you might not be able to do that. Right, right. Hey, you won't be able to do that, you know. Only the people that want the audio file, supreme people who want the top quality, you know, want to keep everything on a CD or even a 48-bit hard drive, a 48, uh, a 48K hard drive. What I mean by that is the sample rate is 48K, excuse me. 48 sample rate K hard drive, they keep all their files at high quality. But you know what? I've came to the conclusion a song is a song. If you like it, you're going to like it. It doesn't matter if it's crisp or clear. It doesn't matter if it sounds good to the ear. <laughs> that is That was a very poetic thing to share, Mr. J. Logan. So do you have any final thoughts for today's show about just music and participating in music and children becoming and just children being able to just reach their passions and get what they want, but at the same time still be children. Well, it's kind of like, you know, it's like going to the candy store, you know. You you put all the candy in front of the kids, and you let them choose if they want a Butterfingers or some gummy bears, and you stay out the way, you know. You stay out the way. And if the kid wants to do that, it's better if they want to do it than if you force them to do it. I know parents out there that 
uh, one lady said, well, I want my daughter to be a star, and I'm giving her all these lessons, and I'm putting her to uh, dancing and music lessons and acting school. And the kid grew up, and the kid became a nurse. So you spent all that money, you know. Um, you spent all that money, and um, it's, it's not really, really, it's not, it wasn't worth it, you know. Resentable. All right, Jay, thank you very much for joining us today once again. We, we will be back next Thursday at the same time. You can say, Jay, thank you very much, and are you ready for this weekend? Okay. Yes, I am. Absolutely. All right, everyone, thank you, and have an excellent week. Thank you. Yeah.